friends and community members, and a passion that we have to be there when you need us. Visit SheridanFuneral.com or call Kimberly or Carrie at 307-683-9200. Sheridan Funeral Home and Cremations, compassionate service for the Sheridan community. The rodeo is part of who we are. It's our history, our identity. But boy, this is not your granddaddy's rodeo anymore. The YO is bigger, better, and bolder. Larger purses, tougher competition, and a whole lot of family fun. Come for the world champion Indian relay races, high stakes PRCA action, and a warm welcome unlike anywhere else in the world. Get your tickets at SheridanYORodeo.com. With more than 30 years of providing excellent service to Sheridan area businesses, Parker Mellinger has the knowledge and expertise to help solve your bookkeeping problems, answer questions about IRS notices, and discuss your business concerns. Schedule a review of your financial records today, and we'll find solutions that work best for you. Ask about our exclusive fixed price agreement, one annual fee, unlimited phone calls, and meetings. Parker Mellinger, 1811 South Sheridan Avenue, Sheridan. Hard water takes a toll on your home and your appliances, but with a Helen Brand water softening system, you can eliminate the effects hard water has on your home and your family. To learn more, contact your local Helen Brand dealer or visit Helen Brand Water Center at HelenBrandWaterCenter.com. Helen Brand, see water clearly. Water Products and Solutions, located at 1909 South Sheridan Avenue in Sheridan or call 672-7606. Your health is important. Don't put off feeling your best today. BEMF Wellness can help get rid of the toxins in your body, assist with muscle fatigue, and support general relaxation. If you have not tried BEMF therapy, call Aaron today and book your session. 752-8117. Check out BEMF Wellness on Facebook for more information and gift certificates for new clients available on Shared and Media Hot Buys every Thursday. Life can be fast-paced and it can be hard to get things done, but we're here to help make your home loan process easy. Hi, this is Cheyenne Panetta, Mortgage Loan Originator at First Northern Bank of Wyoming. While we'd love to see you, we also offer an easy online mortgage application to apply for a loan in just minutes. We offer competitive rates and can get you pre-qualified same day. Visit firstnorthern.bank to start your application today or give us a call at 673-HOME. We look forward to helping you. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS number 197407. Your business deserves a strong partner. First Federal Bank and Trust provides cash management services to help your business collect, disperse, and manage funds. Whether you need merchant services or positive pay fraud protection, our team will find the tools that best support your business. Contact a cash management officer today by visiting efirstfederal.bank. First Federal Bank and Trust is your partner in success. Member FDIC. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Aaron Palmer. And good morning on the First Federal Bank and Trust Public Pulse program. And I have a two-part show this morning. On part one, we have... Uh, Sheridan Police Chief Travis Koltiska and Captain Tom Ringley. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. morning, Aaron. Seems like we're we do this quite a bit. Yes. Periodically. <laughs> yes. It's good to see you. Good to see you too. Um, we've got some things to talk about. Um, 
I guess the main thing that we want to talk about is a strategic plan. So this is something that the police department has decided to implement, or you had it in place, or so how is this? I'll, I'll take this one. So when I first took office, one of my main goals was to establish uh, a strategic plan or a master plan that can be used as kind of a roadmap or a template for future um, for the future growth of the department. And part of that process involved doing a community needs assessment and, and what we call a SWOT analysis, which is an internal strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threat analysis. And by, by taking those, the information, we, we did multiple community listening sessions. We took these sessions and um, um, found out what the, you know, what the community saw as positives that the police could bring to the community and, and how we can do our job more effectively. Okay. And by taking those, the information gleaned from those those meetings, those in, those meetings, we started putting a plan in place to, to start identifying future goals and objectives for the department. You know, what do we want to accomplish? What kind of goals and objectives are we looking at as a department and how, not only what they are, but how do we get those? What kind of priorities do we focus on on how to accomplish those goals? You know, the the common adage you know no crime right safety all that but it, it, a lot of times it dives so much deeper into those things and so we've identified multiple seven priorities that we really want to focus on and and developing uh, you know ob uh, objectives within those priorities and then taking those and then we'll identify you know um, strategies and operational uh, plans on how to accomplish them so it's got there's multi-leveled multi-tiered approach to to strategic planning. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about those seven uh, things that you were talking about. That What are they and how were they identified? Um, a lot of it's, with the strategic plan, a lot of it's consolidation of information okay. and, and a consolidation of activities. It's not like we're starting from ground zero and we're a new police agency. We've always had plans. Um, so a lot of it's consolidation and the priorities range from um, traffic safety, Crime prevention. Crime prevention, quality of life for uh, residents and visitors. Mental, um, mental health, criminal investigation. So there's, there's. Yes. we don't want to give too much away until we get ready yeah. to put it all out. But okay. So those seven major priorities are, are larger priorities. Obviously, crime prevention. We, I mean, we'll talk about that one. It's well, a huge one. That's one of our main one. objectives, mm -hmm. right? So we, we take that and what do we do within that crime prevention strategy? What What can we do as a department to lower crime rates to keep our crime rates at a, at a, at below or, or at or below what they are currently because we have a very low crime rate thankfully here in Sheridan and it's through the hard work of the people of the law enforcement community and the the timing of this is fortuitous because the city of Sheridan is uh, going through a, a mass, master plan development as well with Mayor Bridger and city administrator McCray or council and and stakeholders um, so it's a good time for us to uh, consolidate ours and make it make sure that the, our priorities support the city of Sheridan's goals and priorities as well. We can't just have our own um, plan off doing our own thing when it doesn't support what's important to the community. And and the, the, those community needs are identified um, in the city master plan. Um, and the good thing about having a plan is it sets waypoints. Um, if you have a goal, people just don't arrive at goals. They have steps to get there which are called objectives so we as we check off each objective we, we know whether or not we're on course to, to reach our goals um, 
and the, it, it's we've actually had quite a bit of fun doing this because we we want to make sure that uh, the signs of success are not um, just something that we think is right. So, for instance, in uh, in uh, our crime reduction efforts, we we're thinking, well, what are we going to measure ourselves against? Are we going to measure it against just ourselves and historical data? Are we going to use statewide data? Um, or are we going to use nationwide trends? And we actually had founded a survey um, that's uh, conducted through 21 cities throughout the country um, that we're going to use as uh, benchmark data to, to measure progress. And our, our goal is to be below the, the average for the benchmark data. Um, the reason we're not solely relying on the state is because Sheridan's fairly well off economically. Um, and we, 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 we don't think there's enough disparity um, statewide. And also, the, the information is readily available. Okay. So what would Sheridan be compared to, uh, say, other cities? They're not, like, you're not, not like Philadelphia or New York. It, there I, are actually, other, it, there's, it's a yeah. large-scale demographic across the country. Because you have to look at, you know, crime data. Is, yeah, there's, yeah, there's isolated pockets, and we understand where there's areas that are different. Okay. But there's, I, I can mention, I can think of a couple, like Overland Park, Kansas is one. Um, Castle Rock, Colorado. Castle Rock, Colorado. So we're taking, you know, communities in the Midwest as well as part of this benchmark survey. There's, yeah, there's 21 of them, and there are there's there's small small part um, communities and and larger communities. So it's kind of a, but that's kind of the point of it, it averaging out and seeing how how we compare as a, as an average because, yeah, we, we we're pretty proud of what we've accomplished here in our community. We're proud of our community, and we are kind of anomaly. If you know, <laughs> you talk to people who. Are new here and they're like, wow, this is not where I came from. This is not what it's like here, as a community. I'm not mm -hmm. talking just crime. I'm not talking just policing. I'm talking as a community. Right. We are much different, and, and we should be proud of that. And so, but we still have to look at ourselves. We can't compare ourselves to ourselves every year, year after year after year, because that doesn't tell us much. Yeah. That makes complete sense that you said that you explained it that way because. Granted, there's not, you know, like in Portland in the last couple of years, as an example, when they had all the people mm -hmm. burning downtown. That didn't happen in Sheridan, but you still have to take those kinds of things into consideration when you're comparing, as you said, averages to averages. Yes, and it's uh, it's measured, uh, extrapolated to so many per 100,000 people. Ah. Um, so th that's where we can get, we, we don't have to compare, to compare populations of each of the cities. That, that's done for us. Gotcha. Um, and it's, um, it gives a good idea wh where we stand and what we need to improve on. We just can't say we're good because we say we're good. Um, that's like doing a, a, a self-evaluation on, on, on something. <laughs> gotcha. um, but we, our goal is to be objective in everything we do. Um, and this is one way we can uh, measure ourselves in regards to crime prevention, violent crime, traffic. Um, <clears throat> so we're, we're pretty excited about that. The, the, and the, the, one, um, the one we haven't mentioned is probably the most important is we actually need people to carry out our plans. Um, so it's staffing and retention. And to address that, when just not gonna, Chief Kaltisk is not gonna say we need 50 officers and not give her a reason why. Um, there are um, equations for resource allocations uh, that takes into account uh, calls for service, types of service, calls for service, and how much allocated and unallocated time officers have. So it's, there's a science behind that, um, and that's the last thing we're going to work on um, is, is that staff study. So we're pretty excited about that. And it, it is like, once again, it, it, we, we will be able to justify why we're asking for certain staffing levels. 
Okay, and as you said, this goes back into the comprehensive plan with the city. Yes. Mm -hmm. Therefore, that's where the officer numbers come in. And, and, and having those things okay. in place allows for also future projections, right? We can, we can look at the growth of the community. Every, it's not just anecdotal anymore. Everybody can see it. Everybody knows that our community's grown. As that the, the, the demand for resources grows with a population increase, which means, you know, we need to also grow potentially. And, and that study allows, allows us to continue to formulate that plan and to, and to do some predictions, right? So if we see this continued growth, and I don't think it's gonna, I, I, it may slow a little bit, but I don't think it's gonna stop. I think our, our little secret's out. So we need, to, we need to set those prediction levels and say, what do we need is for resources and how do we allocate those resources so that we can continue to provide that same level of service that we currently do? Because if we don't have enough personnel and there's a demand for resources, we, we have to start, you know, where, what, service pop, what service areas can we cut that will have as little impact on our objectives as possible? That's just a reality. If you can't keep up with the demand, then you have to start cutting resources and cutting services back. And we, that's the last thing on earth that I want or anybody in that office wants. Okay. You mentioned that this is part of a, uh, or part of this was uh, a survey. Was there a local survey on this, or was it just a comparative to other um, communities? In regards to community needs, we actually conducted in-person in, in okay. community listening sessions, gotcha. um, which were faci facilitated um, <laughs> by an outside contractor to ensure that they were completely objective. Um, so Laura Lehan uh, can get, and uh P conducted consulting. from yep. P Consulting uh, conducted those surveys and people were invited. We we got a cross section of people that we thought um, would represent the community well, and um, so we were presented with. The, we didn't have any input into what was said, and that that would, gave us a lot of uh, great insight in, as to what the community needs are. A lot of it uh, we were already aligned with. Um, it's the usual, usual stuff, which is safety and quality of life. Did. Part of that survey was it part of the uh, the conception or, or the the preconceived idea of what the police department is and what they do? In other words, there are some people out there that you know look toward police, sheriff, whatever, in a negative light. Mm -hmm. Most times, it's not warranted, obviously. But was that part of that as well, or was it just a community needs what people feel they? So there was, it was based off of a, a, I'm going off of memory here. There was, <laughs> there was some, some questions, but it was open dialogue. So okay. they, they could expand upon them. One of the things is, you know, like, what are they, what do you think the police department is doing right? And what, okay. what are we, what are they doing good? Because that helps us enhance the things we're already doing. That's so kind of find somebody where that, I was going. Yep, gotcha. Okay. If somebody identifies a program or how we're responding to calls and they're saying this is very positive, then we can enhance that and we can see what, how does that working and how do we work that into our objectives? Um, they can say, you know, what improvements, and we're always, and we've said it, Kevin and I have said it many times, we're all about improving every chance we get. Yeah, we think we're, we're very proud of this, this department and, and the people that are, that are working down there, but we know that if we don't stop trying to improve, then it's, then you go backwards. So what kind of improvements can the department make? What dangers are there? You know, the, the, what, what does the community feel there are for dangers out there and, and what would, can the police department do to mitigate that? So. Things like that were asked, and, and then it was, like I said, just a lot of very open dialogue and, and, and conversation, and then it was all put together in a, in, a, in a little report and packaged and provided to me, and, that, and that's what the captain and I have, have been using to, uh, and, and the department's been using to, and in combination with the city's 
strategic plans and and the process and, and how do these mesh and how are we going to move forward into the future and continue to provide excellent service to this community gotcha okay Joining me this morning is uh, Chief Sheridan Police Chief, if I can get this out, uh, <laughs> Travis Koltiska and uh, Captain Tom Ringley. We're talking about the strategic plan that the department is, I, I guess, currently working mm-hmm. on. And we're going to come back and talk a little bit about SWAT. I want to know more about that. And then we'll uh, expand a little bit on that. We'll be back on the uh, First Federal Bank and Trust Public Pulse program right after this. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize another winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media as part of their community commitment. The Bighorn Women's Club is receiving these funds per random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment. Member FDIC. Who loves the people of Buffalo and their businesses? Range does. And they want you to stop by their pop-up event on Friday, June 16th from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. at Crazy Woman Square. Range is all about supporting the local and Main Street businesses that make Buffalo special. And they're showing their appreciation with a celebration. Pop on down for free coffee, juice, and donuts. And if you're a downtown Buffalo business with Range Fiber, then chat with their team to learn about their exciting internet service. Plan on Friday, June 16th, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. at Crazy Woman Square on Main Street in Buffalo. Frackleton's Fine Food and Spirits brings you this historic moment as told by Dr. Will Frackleton. About the time he created the first reenactment of the big fight at the Little Bighorn, he hired actual Native Americans and used actual cavalry from Sheridan's National Guard. Well, when that bugle sounded, the charge, the Native Americans and the real soldiers got right into the fight for real. In the end, Dr. Frackleton had to buy the reservation several steers and announce the chief to be the winner again. Frackleton's Fine Food and Spirits, carrying on the legacy of Dr. Will Frackleton. Don't miss the Father's Day sales event happening June 7th through June 19th at Connect Home Center and Ace Hardware. Look for their flyer in this week's Country Bounty and get a free $10 Ace gift card when you buy a $50 Ace gift card for Ace Rewards members. Save up to $60 on select tools and toolkits. Look for the flyer and shop the Father's Day sales event at Ace Hardware and Connect Home Center in Sheridan. Hi, this is Brad with Prime Rate Motors, where we are interested in paying cash for your vehicle, camper, or trailers. With the overwhelming demand right now, Prime Rate Motors wants to not only work with you to get you a fair price for your vehicle, we want to restock our lot with some local-owned units. Payments too high, we also do down trades. Stop out to Prime Rate Motors and let us evaluate your vehicle. Discuss what works for you and then make the deal happen. Prime Rate Motors and Super Trailer Store. See us online at primeratemotors.com. We are moving. Hi, this is Cindy from Nova's Glass. We are excited to announce that we are moving to a new location, 1034 Broadway Street. Nova's Glass will be located at the RPM building, just down Broadway from Sheridan Honda. It is a great new facility with a lot more room and better parking. Same great service, different location. So come see us at our new address, 1034 Broadway Street. Call us at 307-672-0139 to set up an appointment with Nova's Glass.
First Federal Bank and Trust Public Pulse Program, Aaron Palmer filling in for Floyd Whiting and joining me on part one of today's program are Police Chief Travis Koltiska and Captain Tom Ringley. We've been talking about the strategic plan, which apparently the police department, well, the city's got one, but the police department is doing one of their own to kind of tie in with that uh, strategic plan with the city. So. Again, tell us real quick, what is important about the police department doing this? It really sets a roadmap for where we're, where we're going as an organization and how we can continue to provide the level of service that we do or enhance our level of service to our community. It really allows us to project and predict um, what kind of, of things that we need to be on the lookout for and, and how that resource allocation and how the, the, the um, everything that ties into what we do um, on, on how we can accomplish our mission to keep this community safe. It's all part of the, of that plan and, and just uh, the, the fluid motion. It's, it's like, it's like what drives you, right? It's, it's, it's that driving um, directive, like, and how do we accomplish our mission and, and, and that strategic plan allows us to, to do that, to really see what's, what's important to our community, how the department can respond accordingly. And then that in turn helps the city because that way you guys have a plan that they can actually exactly eyeball as well all right let's talk about SWAT because you mentioned that earlier and yeah that kinda it, got and my it, attention. It, it's not the cool SWAT well actually this SWAT's pretty cool too but it, it's <laughs> not, not the same SWAT that is, we're all uh, aware of now that a SWAT analysis is it's a uh, in-person uh, survey okay uh, that once again is conducted by a facilitator and it's for internal for us to gather internal information so it's transfers it's it's easy we have a we draw a, a quadrant on some butcher paper and we ask people okay what what are our strengths what are we good at what do we need to sustain um, the W stands for weaknesses it's like what are we not so good at and what do we need to improve on opportunities or the opportunities that we haven't addressed yet um, are there opportunities for grants or there are opportunities for partnerships is there opportunities for training um, to help us improve our service and then threats which is the T in this is what are the threats to our community like a, a new threat that's come up in the last five years is fentanyl gotcha. um, which or um, it could it could be budgetary it could be that the, the that the, uh, the state's not uh, disseminating as much money as is forecasted. So, but the value in this is it's not coming from us because, you know, like I say on the show all the time, of course Sheridan PD is a great place to work. I'd be an <laughs> idiot um, if, it, if I didn't think it was because that's one of our responsibilities. Um, so this is coming from the line level, um, from the, not only from the officers, but from our communications, or sorry, our dispatchers, our record staff, our evidence technician. It comes from everyone, the, the people who actually have their their, uh, their feet on the pavement um, that, that have the, the, the line view, the ground level view of everything. Okay. You touched on something when you're explaining that, talking about opportunities for uh, cooperation or however you phrase that. But yes. one of the things that I, I talked about with the Buffalo Police Department is that you, the agencies in Northeast Wyoming, especially Sheridan and Buffalo, um, seem to be cooperating, and, and you guys always have. But it seems like it's even more so just recently, correct? I, I would, I, again, I, I believe it has. Okay. I, I've seen it firsthand, I think, with, you know, um, we realize that even though 
we're separated by 30 miles, we still share the same service population and we share the same threats and we share the same problems. And Fentanyl, we share, as you yeah, 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 and I we mean, share the same ways. Mm-hmm. So we have to be able to share this, the ways to address those issues. And we've felt great relationships with Sheriff Dominguez and Chief Bissett over there um, and, and the sheriff. So it's really important for us because we do need to have that, that communication and that cooperation. And I think it's been enhanced in recent years. I'm not saying it, it didn't occur before, but I think, we, I think we've been able to enhance it. Recently. It seems to be more friendly, let me put it that way. More open, more friendly. Is that fair? Just more open, fair more communication. Yeah, I okay. think for sure more communication is definitely, and, that, and communication is absolutely the key to that good cooperation. Gotcha. Okay. I was just curious. I, mm-hmm. He mentioned that. And I'm like, wow, I'm going to ask about that. Okay. Um, the strategic plan, let's get back to that. Where is the department in that process with developing this strategic plan we have identified the priorities and some of our objectives within those priorities and we're in the process of collating data and putting things together to 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 present it to the community uh, in the future when it's when it's done I'll, i'll present it to council and we'll also put it on the website and on our facebook page so people can have easy access to it to look at it so but right now we're still we're just you know putting it together in, in a in a format that that can be uh, easily read and understood and, and has got the necessary information for for people to understand it so we're close um, we're getting close to the process i think uh, we can expect it out in the near future um there's just a little bit of groundwork to do too and and and, and some some things to put that, that we want to put in there you know on the measurements and the goals and and the messaging that we want to get out there okay why does the department feel that the public is that they need to know this information uh, I guess. Uh, not only do they need to know it it's we're their department they have a right to know it ah, and, okay. uh, and fair enough and they should be able to find it easily um and once again we we're very proud of our community but it's uh the the you know community oriented policing is a huge thing and it's not people liking the police. It's the police and the community working together to solve problems. Um, so this is our way of informing the community of how we're solving problems, uh, what problems we think are gonna, uh, that are on the horizon, and um, and how they can help us, um, or, or work with us to, to be an effective uh, police agency. Okay, and again, you said the city will use this information for their planning in the future. As Absolutely, well. they, they they will mesh and coexist, and that's that's part of the design. That's the reason for them. Very good. Okay, so as you said, this should be coming out to the public soon. Yep. It'll be on the website. I, they should be able I, to. I, yeah, I wish I had a firm date, but I don't right now. Soon so. is, is is a good answer. <laughs> All right. As soon as July gets here and we start uh, helping everyone with Radio Week and all that, so that, 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 that we 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 have to work stuff like that and yeah, and sure. and our uh, workload into our timeline. But it's actually been a, a very enjoyable process. Yep. Um, we're pretty excited about it. Okay. Well, thank you, guys. Gentlemen, that is uh, Sheridan Police Chief Travis Koltiska and Sheridan Police Captain Tom Ringley talking about the police strategic plan. Should be out uh, on the Sheridan City or be on police? The police? Well, the police department website is part of the city website. Okay. It's a page on there and, and on, our, on the Sheridan WY Police and Fire Facebook page. Gotcha. Coming up as soon as you guys are able to get it on there. Yep. All right. Thanks, gentlemen, for joining me. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. Appreciate it. We'll be back with part two. It's uh, Johnson County Commissioner Bill Novotny will be back on Public Pulse right after this.
Keeping your cash in a high-yield account is a simple way to save. First Federal Bank & Trust high-yield online savings account comes with a competitive interest rate and local service from people you know. Open the account from the convenience of your computer or mobile device and watch your savings grow. Visit efirstfederal.bank to open your account today or check out our deposit specials. First Federal Bank & Trust, helping our customers succeed since 1935. Member FDIC. Hi, this is Chad with the Tongue River Valley Community Center. I'm here to tell you about the Missoula Children's Theater coming to Dayton, Wyoming, June 19th through June 24th with a production of King Arthur's Quest. This program is free and open to kids in grades 1 through 12. Auditions will be Monday the 19th at 10 a.m. at Tongue River High School. If you have any questions, please check trvcc.org or give us a call at 655-9419. We'll see you then. The City of Sheridan Weed and Pest Division would like to announce that mosquito fogging will begin starting the week of June 12th and continue through the mosquito breeding season. Fogging will take place Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday evenings when necessary. For more information, to report heavy concentrations of mosquitoes, or to request that your home be in a no-spray zone, please call the Mosquito Hotline at 307-655-8297 or visit the website at www.sheridanwy.gov. Earn 57 k per year after just two years as a transportation security officer at Sheridan County Airport. These positions start at $19.65 per hour and include excellent federal benefits, paid on-the-job training, a potential pay raise after six months, and a $2,000 sign-on bonus. Join a mission that matters and register now at jobs.tsa.gov TSO. That's jobs.tsa.gov TSO. Some conditions apply. U.S. citizenship required. Mandy Koltiska from Century 21 BHJ Realty brings you this pet of the week from the dog and cat shelter. Daisy is a four-year-old border collie husky mix who thrives in the outdoors. This blue-eyed girl likes to go, go, go. So if you have an active home, come and meet Miss Daisy today. Zulu is a domestic short hair with adorable quirks and funny traits. If you're looking for entertainment, this girl is packed and ready for the show. The owners and staff at Kane's Funeral Home would like to thank the families of Sheridan and Johnson Counties for choosing Kane's and allowing them to serve you during these hard times. Kane Funeral Home makes it their mission to take the stress and uncertainty out of ceremonial services. They own and operate the only crematory in Sheridan County, so your loved one is always in their care. Kane's Funeral Home. Call 673-5837 or visit them online at kanefuneral.com. First Federal Bank and Trust Public Pulse Program, 9.30 a.m., 103.9 FM, KROE. Aaron Palmer filling in with, or for, Floyd Whiting this week. And joining me on part two of today's program, Johnson County Commissioner Bill Novotny. And I hope you're on the phone there with us, Bill. Are you there? I am, Aaron. Good morning. How good are you? Good morning. Very good. Thank you. And how are you? I, I'm good. We are in the middle of budget hearing, so I stepped out to visit with you this morning oh well that's always fun <laughs> but that's something that you enjoy though you enjoy that budget process don't you you know Aaron I really do and it's really how the commissioners uh, can shape the direction of the county and and influence uh, our long-range planning and really get things done for the citizens and it uh, when you look at the statutory authority that commissioners have uh, it's very specific in, in some things, and then a lot of it's very big. 
and so you influence that through your budget decisions. Okay. Well, let's since you brought that up first, let's go ahead and talk about the budget session and uh, kind of see where you are in that process. Um, the budget has to be done by the end of this month, doesn't it? It actually must be adopted by the third Tuesday in July. Ah, okay. And you know, you always remember we do that off uh, Monday meeting uh, in July. It was always tradition that that's when the Johnson County Commissioners uh, adopted that. So we have continued mm-hmm. that tradition. So uh, it will be adopted then. The preliminary budget will be done by the end of the month. But final adoption, actually, we follow that state statute, and so we'll do that final adoption in um, July, which then that's when the mill levies get set uh, and uh, the final uh, budget is adopted. Okay. Look, can we talk specifically about numbers or do we know those yet? We don't. We are at the very, very preliminary stage. Uh, the budget request came in about $14 million. Uh, I find that a little bit high uh, and we've already started uh, making some cuts uh, we, we just had met with the treasurer, and we're about to visit with the assessor, uh, who is actually going to ask for an additional position in his office. So we'll really be scrutinizing that, but uh, we will be getting that down. We, we always deliver that balanced budget that makes sense, but also uh, invest in our long-range plans, whether it's maintenance or county roads. Uh, we've got uh, the expenditure that will be in this next fiscal year for that north access point at Lake DeSmit, so that our cap facilities budget will be up just a little bit to fund that of course that's fully funded with uh, a grant uh, and also some settlement money but it still has to appear in the budget so uh, we we've got a long ways to go over the next three weeks as we meet with all of our departments uh, as well as have those budget hearings with all the special districts busy month but it's a good month this is important time i just always wondered why uh, when they set up our system of government in Wyoming, why they forced us to do the stuff you have to be inside in the prettiest part of the year. Uh, (laughs) I wish we were doing this in January when it's cold and snowy, but that's the way they set it up, so that's what we'll follow. Very true. Let's, where where are we at as far as valuation goes in the county? Do we, has there, has that been set yet, or or is it still kind of a bouncing ball? It it is a bouncing ball. I I think the assessor is getting pretty close to firm on exactly what that is. I believe he is waiting on state certification of the minerals in Johnson County, and that uh, mineral production is up. Uh, We've got some drilling activity, and also just the price that's being paid for that commodity is up, so that's going to push the valuation up. Of course, everyone's concerned about the increase on the property tax side, and that uh, the assessor uh, is working on finalizing all that stuff. You've got maybe some folks who have decided that they didn't like how their property uh, valuation came out, uh, and so are going to request a hearing before the Board of Equalization. That'll happen in July and August, which will actually then has the potential to change what the overall valuation of the county is if there are adjustments made in people's property taxes. So um, it's a, a long way away from getting that amount set and certified. Okay. You had mentioned, uh, or we, let me rephrase that. There's an an organization called the Wyoming Taxpayers Association, and they are one of the groups you're talking about that was kind of upset about the tax system, tax rates and whatnot. Is this the the group that you were talking about? 
that is... Yes, you and I had had visited prior to this, but uh, the Wyoming Taxpayers Association has been in existence since 1937 or 38, uh, and they are the advocacy group for all the taxpayers across the state. And so Representative Barry Crago and I have been working with them, and we've confirmed uh, that Wyoming Taxpayers Association is going to come to Buffalo on the 27th uh, of this month and do a town hall on taxation. Uh, Ashley Harp Street, who is their uh, executive director, is going to be up in this area for the revenue committee meetings that are going to be happening in Sheridan. So she's going to jump over to Buffalo and do that meeting. Uh, It'll be a great way for her to share the history of how we got to the system we have. Uh, And then if folks have questions. Um, We're trying to finalize the location on that. We're hoping to use the high school auditorium. Uh, As soon as we get that locked down, we'll have a a media advisory of when that's going to be. But um, Representative Crago and I have been working with Ashley for a couple of months to try to get a date pinned down on that. So this is a town hall. What exactly are we expecting to get out of this, if anything? Well, uh, a clear understanding of of how the system works, why the system is set up the way it is. She can go over the Supreme Court decisions uh, as well as the amendments uh, to the Constitution that happened that got us into the system that we are in today, which is causing heartburn for all of us, including myself. You know, you and I live pretty close together. I don't know what your property taxes went up, but mine are up 36%. And I'm I'm not making 36% more in my paycheck, uh, so making hard choices to to come up with those extra dollars right yeah Yeah. you're right on (laughs) not too far off with mine so i'm right there with you but i i based on what we saw with the legislature this year there there's this is not an easy fix a lot of these things have to be either a constitutional amendment or you've got to jump through i don't know how many hoops to try to get anything done so i'm even though we're having this town hall um, are there ideas out there to get something done, and how? There are, and I again, I hope that on the fifth uh, of this month, the property tax deferral or, or uh, refund program, uh, those applications were due uh, either into your county treasurer or to postmark for the state department of revenue. They expanded that program, which was good. That's a good first step. I think uh, moving uh, the residential. Uh, into its own separate class is good because there is uh, an ability then to lower the tax rate on people's property while then also making sure that folks like Walmart and the major oil and gas companies that are are producing can stay at their same rates. So I I think there are some positives coming, but uh, ultimately I think one of the biggest problems was that there were uh, just too many bills, and you know everybody needs to coalesce around what some of the best ideas are, and try to move those forward. Um, you know, I know they're uh, in the process of hiring a consultant to do the acquisition model study, uh, and that was a, a bill that came out of the session. Uh, I just I, I caution. Anytime you look at California as a model on how to do something, I'm going to be a little skeptical, uh, but that's just me. Um, So, again, I think that we need to really challenge our legislators to come up uh, with good workable solutions because ultimately that's where uh, this has got to come from.
Okay. And that makes complete sense. That's kind of what a lot of legislators, Barry Crago, Senator Kensky, had said is that there were so many bills in the legislative session this year that it did. It just basically muddied the waters. And there were a lot of people that were like, what do we do here? They didn't know exactly which bill to stand behind to get, you know, whatever. They just were confused overall on this. So they, they really were. And Aaron, you also have a limited amount of time. Right. You know, they're, they're down there for 40 days, which I actually think is a good thing. Uh, I love uh, that we have a citizen legislature and that they're not in session year round. Can you imagine if we had to keep tabs on what they were doing uh, for 300 days out of the year? Uh, just the the problems. We should be looking at getting rid of laws and regulations, not how many more can we pass. Uh, and so I, I'm glad that they get down there. But that means they have to be very judicious with their time. Uh, and I don't think that they were always that way. I think there was uh, a lot of floor time that got eaten up uh, with things that, that really were not about creating solutions for the people of Wyoming. Gotcha. Okay. Joining me this morning on part two, Johnson County Commissioner Bill Novotny. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, Bill, and talk about uh, the Memorial Vet- Veterans Memorial Wall, excuse me, in downtown Buffalo and talk about sage grouse. We'll be back right after this. For a great value deal, well, look no further than your locally owned McDonald's. The $3.50 value deal is available at your McDonald's in Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. Choose from a McDouble, hot and spicy, or six-piece chicken McNuggets, plus a small fry for $3.50. Now that is a value. Don't forget to download the McDonald's app for even more great deals. Look no further for a great value deal than your locally owned McDonald's in Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. Get ready for summer with CMB Supply. We have your yard care essentials in stock and ready to go. Crafty, John Deere mowing equipment, rakes, shovels, garden supplies, bird feeders, and more. Also, get a free gift with any $20 purchase. Come in to visit us at CMB Supply on Heartland Drive, Monday to Friday, 7:30 a.m. to 6:30 p.m., and on Saturday, 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. See you in the store soon. SSR Construction, a continually growing local company, is currently filling positions for year-round laborers and interns that are a fit for carpentry work and or dirt work. SSR offers good pay with a nice benefit package that includes paid holidays, partially paid health insurance, paid vacation, and a retirement plan. Experience is preferred, however, SSR Construction will train those willing to learn. Call Brett with SSR today, 672-6356, 672-6356. First Federal Bank and Trust Public Pulse Program, Aaron Palmer filling in for Floyd Whiting this week. And joining me on part two is Johnson County Commissioner Bill Novotny. And Bill, we talked a little bit about the budget. We talked about property taxes and what we can do in the town hall coming up on June 27th. Uh, I, I guess the site's still to be determined. That's correct. Yes, okay. Aaron. So we'll have more information on that when it becomes available. Let's, we got a few minutes here. Let's, a couple things to talk about. Let's talk about sage grouse first, because I, I think where we're going with this is that most of the counties in northeast Wyoming are looking at revamping the sage grouse plan. So the counties have all kind of gotten together and uh, thrown their hat in the ring, so to speak, to try to get some some things done on this, correct? 
It, it is, and part of this is uh, counties are what's called a cooperating agency with the Bureau of Land Management. And okay. uh, several years ago, uh, and this actually started during Governor Friedenthal's administration and then moved in to, to former Governor Meade, uh, they came up with a statewide sage-grouse plan, and we thought it was a very good plan. We didn't get everything we wanted in it, but at the end of the day, it was a good plan. Kept sage-grouse from being listed. Fast forward, the uh, Biden administration is suddenly not liking sage-grouse plans. They're thinking about listing, and so we're trying to be very preemptive and keep the bird off. If if the bird gets listed, that's going to be detrimental to recreation, to agriculture, and to oil and gas. And this is uh, coal, the Endangered Species the Act you're talking about, correct? Yes, okay, Endangered sorry. Species Act. Sorry about all the acronyms. I'll do my best to remember <laughs> not everybody lives in alphabet soup. Gotcha. Uh, but but at the end of the day, uh, we have a plan, and it involves an area of what's called core. And so it's uh, core areas that sage-grouse use, whether it's for uh, brooding their chicks, for... Sorry about Ooh. that. <laughs> Bagpipes. Uh, anyway, they, they, but the, uh, they must like sage-grouse, too. I hear they taste like chicken when they're <laughs> deep-fried. <laughs> but... So the the Wyoming uh, sage-grouse working group is looking at redrawing uh, some of the boundaries around these core areas. Johnson County obviously is a little concerned because there's some areas that potentially could be added to core uh, that that we question. Uh, some of it is out near where uh, new oil development is going on in the Powder River Basin. Some of it is outside of Lake DeSmit. Uh, and certainly, um, we were glad that this connective area got removed. It would have basically gone all from Johnson County all the way through Sheridan County up to Montana, uh, in theory, to allow birds to move back and forth. And, and we just didn't think that was appropriate uh, when it was first proposed. And I'm glad that it's at this point the local working group is is leaving that uh, kind of out of the plan. But um, you know. As a cooperator, it, it takes a lot of time to be involved in that process, but it is so critical that we protect uh, our ability to have multiple use uh, on our public lands here and also protect the rights of our private, pri- our private property owners. Excuse me there. Um, so that's, that's kind of what's shaking on the sage-grouse front. And the counties, obviously, are Johnson County, Sheridan County, I know, is involved in it. And is it uh, Campbell County? Is it all of them in northeast Wyoming or, or it, which? It stretches. It's all the northeast Wyoming and then stretches all the way down into southeast Wyoming. Uh, there are two counties, Lincoln County uh, and uh, Sweetwater County, that chose not to join the the commissioner's cooperative and so there's 13 of the Wyoming counties of the 23 uh, that are working together uh, in tandem on sage grouse okay now strengthen numbers let's hope now is this going to is there any kind of a, a set date as far as when the federal government's going to make this decision or do we know yet we don't uh, okay. and I've got a zoom call with the BLM this afternoon on sage grouse and hopefully by then they're going to kind of have a, a better idea our problem with what the blm is doing is it doesn't follow any of their rules and regulations and we feel this is being driven entirely out of washington dc rather than our local field offices who actually know what's going on the ground out here we have phenomenal data on sage grouse the sage grouse are doing well uh this is is unwarranted in my opinion 
Well, and that's let's hope it doesn't turn into the same fiasco that the federal government got involved in as far as the uh, wilderness study areas. But Absolutely. Totally different. <laughs> that we're still <laughs> totally trying to unravel. Discussion. Yep. Right. Exactly. All right. Well, thanks on uh, for the update on that. Let's talk a little bit about, because uh, w- this came up over Memorial Day weekend, on Memorial Day. The uh, There's a resolution to add this uh, soldier or this Marine to the Memorial Wall in Buffalo? It is, and, and what our, our resolution actually is now we have the process. Okay. In 1987, the Veterans Memorial was created on the uh, courthouse uh, lawn, and it was done through a cooperative effort. Uh, Nels Lofgren and a couple of other gentlemen headed that up. Uh, in 1988, they disbanded their committee uh, and turned over uh, the the wall to the county, and, and we pay to light it and, and help maintain it. But what there wasn't was a process, and this is, I guess, that we hope we would never be in a situation where we have to add a name. Right. Uh, and unfortunately, last year, we lost Seth Rasmussen in a horrible training accident. He was a Marine uh, from here in Buffalo. And, and so as part of the global war on terrorism, uh, we have added his name. And so we have um, solidified the process. So for future names to be added to that memorial wall, they'll be nominated by either uh, the American Legion Post 13 here in Buffalo, or our VFW um, Post, uh, to add those to the names and on the wall, and the commissioners will bear all the expense of having those added. You know, one of the things um, you appreciate good records. Unfortunately, we really didn't have any. You know, we had to figure out what the font size was, uh, what the type of font, so that we made sure that. When we added the name, it matched all the other names. Mm-hmm. You know, for a little while, uh, obviously that name is going to stand out a little bit more. Uh, and then with time, the granite will fade and it will uh, look uniform. But uh, it's just a stark reminder uh, of the ultimate sacrifice that a, a family here uh, in, in Buffalo uh, made uh, in our defense of our country and in behalf of all of us. So one of those somber things that you hope as a commissioner you'll never have to do but uh we did and and his wall was there his name was on the wall for memorial day his younger brother gave uh the remarks out at the cemetery which were very moving and important uh and and, uh very reflective of who seth uh was okay thank you bill novotny thank you so much we need to uh you know continue to do that so all right Bill Novotny, Commissioner for Johnson County, thanks for joining me. That'll do it for today's Public Pulse program. We'll see you again tomorrow. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize another winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, the Bighorn Women's Club is receiving these funds per random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC.
Moss Holders Design Center is here to help you create a space that you'll love. If you're relocating, remodeling, or just refreshing your home, Moss Holders' talented design team can help you through the process. With free in-home consultations, Moss Holders will be able to find the furniture and finishing touches that work best with your space, your lifestyle, and your budget. So if you want to change the look of just one room or furnish an entire home, Moss Holders designers can get it done. Moss Holders, furniture is our passion. At Legacy Diamond and Gems, they have a wide selection of estate jewelry, including gold, silver, and platinum. With new items arriving weekly, now is the perfect time to stop in. Items include pre-owned Rolex watches, vintage and modern rings, pendants, earrings, and more, all at great values. They're also buyers of gold, silver, and platinum jewelry, paying maximum prices for diamonds and fine gemstones. So hurry in to Legacy Diamond and Gems, where quality and value are always in style. Legacy Diamond and Gems, 11 North Main Street, downtown Sheridan. The rodeo is part of who we are. It's our history, our identity. But boy, this is not your granddaddy's rodeo anymore. The YO is bigger, better, and bolder. Larger purses, tougher competition, and a whole lot of family fun. Come for the world champion Indian relay races, high stakes PRCA action, and a warm welcome unlike anywhere else in the world. Get your tickets at SheridanYORodeo.com. Hey Sheridan, it's Laura with YDOT with your Main Street Project update. It won't be long before we open Dow to traffic, but in order to do that, we need to close First Street from Main to Gould to tie into existing utility lines. Beginning Tuesday, May 30th, East First Street from Main to Gould will be closed to through traffic. Business access will be available from Gould Street. Traffic will be detoured to East Second Street. The bus stop at First and Main will be temporarily moved to East Second and Main. The traffic signal on Main Street and Alger will be switching to flashing red and yellow, so be on the watch for that change. Keep in mind, flashing red is the same as a stop sign. Flashing yellow means proceed with caution. The sidewalks remain open, and the businesses within the work zone are accessible to pedestrians and protected from the construction. Lots of great businesses down there. Be sure to check them out and offer your support. They would love to see you. To stay current on the progress of this project, attend one of our weekly project meetings every Wednesday at 1.30 at ERA Carroll Realty, 306 Main Street. Can't make the meeting? Follow Sheridan Main Street Project on Facebook and Instagram, or visit the City of Sheridan's website. Thank you for your patience and understanding. From the Wyoming Corporate Office Studio on 103.9 FM and News Talk 930. K-R-O-B.